welcome to the ARL Talk with me, your host, Robert McAuliffe. ARL stands for Addiction Ruins Lives. And we want to start this podcast to provide you, the people who are listening, with some understanding, some tools, and basically just some great knowledge on addiction to what you would have before you started listening to this podcast. What we're not here to do is to tell you that what you're doing is bad, what other people what other people are doing is bad, and that you need to stop. That is most certainly not what I'm here to do and what this podcast is aimed to do. I don't have the necessary skills, knowledge, training to provide you with those with everything that you need to know. I'm just here to create conversation and to hopefully provide you with further insight. On the podcast, we're not just looking at one specific type of addiction. We're hoping to try and cover as much of the wide range of addiction spectrum as possible. So we're going to be looking at alcohol, drugs, video games, body image. We could look at shopping. We may be even looking at sex at some point. There's so much that we can go into that is really, really relevant. Before we start, I do need to give out a couple of thank yous. The biggest thank you has to go to Mr. Dario Leonetti of Visual Picnic. Um, Dario has been an awesome help for myself. He's helped me with my logo, he's helped me with some advice, and he's also provided me with some equipment in order to record this pod to a high standard. So Dario, thank you very much. Um, I'd also like to thank my wonderful girlfriend Libby for being so supportive for everything that I've pursued and also all my family and friends who without them I probably wouldn't be here doing this with you today so thank you all. So our first episode today is going to be an introduction to my addiction and the struggles that I went through facing gambling. So without further ado here's my story. I was a gambling addict. I was a gambling addict from the young age. Those of you that know me know that I'm I'm a tall person. I'm six foot seven, which meant before I was legally allowed to do do some things, I was able to go and do it because of my height and I wouldn't get ID'd. So I was gambling from probably the age of about 16, 17 in the local bookshop bookmakers because I wouldn't be I wouldn't be getting served. Um. I've had major problems with it in my life um, to a point where it's just completely consumed me to where I couldn't really see the light of day the next day. But you still wake up and you still gamble. There came a point last year, September 2019, when I decided that enough's enough. I want to stop gambling. I've had enough of being broke. had enough of lying to friends, family, had enough of just being a deceitful and deceiving person. Um, so I stopped. And that my last bet was on September the 3rd, 2019. Um, my journey with gambling was a long one and a fairly complicated one. It started off, like I said, when I was 16, 17, I'd be going to the bookies, I'd be putting on bets, but it would always start off at 50p a pound, 
whatever I could find to put a bet on, that's what I'd put a bet on. It wasn't, it wasn't every day at that age. It was on a Saturday, I'd go and put the bets on. Probably go down to the pub and then watching the football because I could get served. Um, but then, at some point, it took a turn for the worse. I remember before my 18th birthday, normally when you turn 18, you're excited because you're legally allowed to drink. You're legally allowed to what, buy scratch cards, buy cigarettes. There's, you're cl legally classified as an adult. I was looking forward to being able to gamble legally when I turned 18. That's what I thought being a being an adult was all about, being a man was all about, was pub, gambling, bookies, everything would just result, revolve around gambling. And that's, that's how my mind worked from before the age of 18. It's the fact that I was looking forward to being able to legally go on my phone, download a betting app and legally place a bet. That is a crazy thing to think about. At the age of 18, you're turning to become an adult and the most thing you're looking forward to, in my case, was throwing away all my money. I had a couple of big wins. I, um, I won a thousand pounds when I was 18. I remember being in school and I was uh, in, the, in our sixth form group and there was, there was loads of all sort of gamble. It was a social thing. Um, it was Skybet. Skybet would have a £5 free bet for every £25 you wagered in a week. And that free bet would come through on a Monday. So there'd be a fair few of us, I'm talking between five to ten of us, being in the common room, Monday break time, everyone got their £5 free bet through. And then we're actually gambling in school. Some people would later receive it to afterwards. That's a bit crazy thinking about that culture. It's a little bit mad to think about at the age of 18, 19, you and your mates are in school and you're just thinking about gambling. A lot of you, a lot of us didn't have jobs. I don't know, I don't remember where I got my money from, my £25 a week. But I was spending it most of the time by going into an overdraft. At one point, when I was in school in sixth form, I won £1,000. And I told them my mates, they all told them my mates about it, but I was, I was a secretive gambler. No one, no, one knew when I, no one knew when I lost. People only knew when I won. The people closest to me didn't know how bad it was. And I kept that running for my whole time as a gambler. I remember when I won the thousand pounds, my, um, my girlfriend at the time, she found out through one of my friends and I confronted about, got confronted with it. Um, and I just brushed it off and was like, oh, I thought I told you. And that was it. I just left it at that. Um, when I was in university, my first year of university, I had two big wins. I won £2,000 and won £3,000. That started off with a roll on the accumulator, started off with £5 in the afternoon, probably about 2, 3 o'clock. And by the time it hit, I don't know, maybe 7, 8, 9, I was gambling on the South American football, betting on goals, whatever I'd won, was going straight back on. And I brought it up to two grand. I did the same about two months later. And you know what? probably say that's probably one of the worst things that's happened to me is winning that amount of money in such a short space of time and at such a young age I didn't know what to do with it I blew it I gambled most of it away trying to chase that high of winning that money again being that person that won all that money I just couldn't do it and there was a time where I was struggling financially 
struggling at university financially. Um, I was in a real, real, really dark place at the time. And um, I remember whenever I was getting money, which was rarely and infrequently, to be honest, it wasn't a wasn't a set time as to when I was getting it. I didn't know when my next money was coming through. So I could get £100 to last me a week. I could, could last me three weeks. I honestly never knew. So my outlet, my, my, my pathway of getting myself out of that problem was gambling. I'd get my money. I'd make sure I'd buy all my food so I'd be sorted for a few weeks. It's beautiful what you can buy at Aldi. It's beautiful what you can buy for like £20. It's crazy. And then the rest of my money would be my money. I'd buy myself my fags. And then the rest of it would be, right, okay, I've got pound fifty a day for the next however many days to gamble. See if I can win some of that money back. See if I can see if I can afford a night out. See what I can do. And that was the case for I'd probably say a good eighteen months of my life that was. That was a that was a hard that was a rough period of gambling. It wasn't just myself, once again, it was a social thing. My other friends had money, my housemates, my friends, they had they had money, they their student loans like you get in the UK. They had um some of them worked jobs. I wasn't in a frame of mind to be able to work a job at the time. Um but on a Saturday, on a Tuesday before Champions League football, Wednesday, Thursday, Europa League, Saturday for the Premier League, there'd be a group of about five or six of us going to the end of the street to the bookies. And I, I went to university in Preston, and at the end of my street, so it was only about a 60, 70 metre meter walk, um, you had three bookmakers on the same road. You had a Betfred, you had a William Hill, and you had a Ladbrokes, I think. Yeah, I think you did. And that was it. That that was that, that was crazy. So there'd be three about five of us going into the bookies, all waiting around the machine, waiting to put the bets on, always asking who who've you got, who've you got, what do you think about this, what do you think about this, checking the odds, thinking we knew what we were talking about. Every single time, every single one of us lost. Without fail. A couple of times we had a big wins, but majority it was just throwing money away. Throwing money away. And then I came back to the island um, and I was getting paid weekly at the time. I came back, I didn't finish my degree in the end because of um, certain things that were going on in my life at the time, gambling kind of being one of them really, um, amongst others. I came back to the island, I didn't have a degree to fall back on, I needed a job. So I got myself this little dead end job working in a warehouse, doing some doing some admin, admin stuff which was brain dead. But it gave me weekly pay as a temporary worker and weekly pay as a gambler's a dangerous, dangerous game to be in. I'd be getting my money on a Friday and by the Monday I'd be, it would all be gone. It would all be gone and probably a bit more so I'd be in overdraft. Um, majority of it was being spent on gambling, really, just putting the money on the football. I'd be sat there and I could have I could have six bets on at one go, all for three, four, five pound each. None of them would come in, but I'd have on a Saturday I'd have at least four bets on the football. Various different markets, various amount of teams in in the accumulator, um, and yeah, it was a it was a dangerous cycle. Um, my gambling was really just stuck to football, football and roulette. 
I never really understood for horses, so I didn't think, for, for me, that was my only rational decision when gambling, was I don't have a clue about that, so I'm not going to gamble on it. But I thought I had a clue about football. I think I do have a clue about football, but I don't have a clue when it comes to betting on football. I don't have a clue when it comes to guessing who's going to win. My understanding of footballs as a player and as a fan, it's not as someone who sets the market. It's not as someone who decides what price a team's going to be at before a big game. It's not my job as a as a football fan was to enjoy it, was to enjoy the spectacle, enjoy good football or sometimes bad football, but ultimately just be passive for 90 minutes and watch a game of football on the telly. For a long, long time, I was unable to do that. I was unable to watch a game of football without wanting to put a bet on it. And that's quite scary, actually. Quite scary to be in that frame of mind, knowing that you don't have much money, but you're going to try and put money on this. Because you're watching it, you feel like you've got an interest, you feel like you've got some knowledge, but ultimately, you don't. Um, and yeah, I went from one temporary job to the next one. The next job I was at, I was earning big money on a project. I was getting about £550 a week. Which at the time for me, my eyes lit up, see the pound signs quite literally in my eyes whenever I got that first pay, pack, pay packet through. It was near enough double what I was earning in my previous job. Um, but still, I'd find a way by the Monday to have no money. I'd still find a way to ensure that even though I was getting paid more money, I'd blow it. And it wasn't, been, it wasn't done on purpose. And it wasn't me going, oh, this money's now in my bank. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it all away and I don't want to see it by Monday. It was, I couldn't control my addiction. As soon as that money would come in, and I mean as soon, so I'd be waiting up till after midnight. And as, as soon as I saw that money would hit my bank, the first thing I'd do is most of the time go on the roulette. And it's not just a case of putting 20 quid in and going, right, okay, I'm gonna put, gonna do a couple of five pound spins here. So 20 quid in and it's 20 pound on one spin. And a lot of the time it's like three, four pound on a certain number, hoping that it comes in you win big. All right, that spin doesn't come in. Right, deposit another 20. Same, rebet, spin. Same thing again, number doesn't come in. You're looking at it and you're going, oh, it's 40 quid. Right, we'll go again, we'll try one more try one more on we go again change what numbers I put on the number with the most money on the last spin comes in every time every friggin time um, but then the dish, uh, that wouldn't stop after that £60 would go it would then go up to maybe £30 spins try and see if we can put, cover, cover more area see if we can get that money back a little bit easier lost 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 next minute you're about £150 down not knowing how on earth you got there. And that's not just a one day thing, that's something that happened regularly, day to day, is that habit of putting that money in, it not winning, putting it back in immediately. And that's the danger with all these online apps, or online apps, Skybet, Bet365, Paddy Power, Betfair, the list is literally endless that's the problem 
it's not real money. It's in my eyes, I saw it as virtual money. It's not my money that I'm putting onto this. As much as much as my card is linked with this with this app, whenever I scan my face and I press OK to deposit, it's not my money. It's just a little digit at the top of this app, which has my name next to it. But ultimately, I've already given them my them that money, so it's not mine. I've already lost it. So I was just really frivolous. I didn't have didn't know the value of money. And I wish I did, because I've spent a lot of money, and I'm probably going to talk about maybe up to 20 grand worth of money on gambling in my life. That's not an exact figure, and I've not done any looking into it, because to be honest, I don't know. That's just an estimate. Probably around £20,000. Um, but yeah, it continued, and it continued, and it continued. It's ruined relationships it's ruined friendships it, it's nearly ruined a lot a lot of my a lot of my family relationships as well um it's put immense stress on the people that care for me and for the people that i care for and that stress looking back now as much as hindsight is a beautiful thing must have been heartbreaking for them for me, I was oblivious. I was told by mum, friends, you, you need to calm down about gambling. I'm like, it's all right, I've got it under control. Got it under control. Deep, deep, deep down, it's not under control and you know it's somewhere, but for some reason, you think it is. And and that, that's, that's the problem, really. Um, yeah, it's that that's a problem. You hurt people. And I hurt a lot of people. Um, a lot of friends and a lot of family. But I really, really regret doing. Um and if I ever get a chance to see them, um again and I will I will properly properly explain to them and and give them a heartfelt apology because they deserve it and I need to get it off my chest too. I I need to let that I need to put that behind me and I need to get that off my chest. So going forwards onto the next stage, I was single for for a period of time and I was just gambling my money. I didn't really have anything to look forward to. I was in, I'd found myself a new job, um, which was great. Once again, I was getting paid weekly and all I found I was doing, I was my days at work, working in a call center. If the phones are busy, it's a great day. I'm gonna end up end up end the day having a bit of money in my account. If the phones are quiet, I pass the time by by gambling, and I'd be gambling at work, and I'd be on on the machine on the on the, on the roulette, and I'd be having a bet on, and it would be from the moment I left the house till the moment I got home, and I continued for a fair fair while, um, and then I met my current girlfriend Libby. Um, January 2019, so last year, um, and she knew she knew I liked to gamble. She knew she knew I had a gamble, but for a long time she didn't quite know to what extent. Um, yeah, it became quite bad. I, it was around about the time of the birthday, TT time, June, May, May June time, and then I got paid payday, but then I'd lost a fair amount of money gambling. I had TT to, TT to go through. I had a 
birthday to go through. I had multiple birthdays to go through, and everyone knows kind of the, the cost the cost expenses of going to Bushies every weekend or every night. Sorry, um, that that soon adds up, and you need your money for TT. Um, but I didn't. But then I got lucky. I won, and I thought, you know what, that's all right. I nearly got in a load of trouble, and I really wish I did. I wish that I didn't win that money. I wish that I'd have got to the situation that I occurred in September a lot, lot sooner. And I would have had more money to my name going forward up to this day even. Um, and then crisis point hit. Kind of August, September time, 2019, last year. Um, at one point, there was 60 bets in one day. 6-0. And that's not on anything I know about, really. So it would be the moment I left the house to go to work, it'd be a bet on of the first five teams that were playing that day on the football. Wouldn't have a clue who they are. I'd do my little bit of research on whatever app I've got, my live scores, my football 24, whatever it is you use. Have a little look and see and see how I am, see what where they are in the league, their form, stuff that, really doesn't matter when you're betting on Indonesian League 2 because it's probably all corrupt anyway. It's probably all fixed. And that was me. I'd be waking up in the morning, I'd be putting a bet on, and it would be £2, £3 bets. No more no more than £4 on a bet at any time. That, that's not. It wasn't my game to go and, and spend £20 on a, on an acker or put 50 quid on a bet or £100. That, that's not, that wasn't my game. My game was small bets, but in in a high quantity, um, and yeah, it would be if as soon as that first team on my on my five fold lost, it would be the other four teams would be put straight back on with the team that kicks off next. Then one of them would lose, and it would be the other four back on with one of them that kicks off next, and that would go on throughout the day. Honestly, it was it was a scary time. At one point, there was. Think it worked out about hundred and eighty pounds in one day on football bets, and that was yeah six sixty bets in one day. Um, came a point where my girlfriend obviously wasn't happy. She wasn't happy, but I knew as well that I was ready to stop. I was ready to stop being this person who was lying, who was sneaking around, not showing his phone because he's on a better app and he doesn't want someone to see. Just being a sly, sneaky man, and that I was bored. What didn't want to didn't want to be that person. Didn't want to play that game anymore. So, I reached out. I reached out to motivate. Um, motivate are a Manx-based charity focusing and specialising on addiction. And I would recommend them to anyone, and I mean anyone across any form of addiction, who needs to help. Who needs some help. Even if you aren't necessarily the addict, if you think and you're worried for someone else that maybe has an addiction that's causing negative effects to their to their health, both physically and mentally, then I implore you to reach out to them. I went to motivate. I went. I I took myself to motivate because I realised that I was an addict and I needed help. The day after I reached out to motivate, became effectively what was what we call it what is called the tipping point of my addiction 
it's when everything rose into this big big ball and it was like two magnets repelling against each other forever 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 until one day they can't stop that force anymore and they come together and it just causes an explosion that's what happened with my gambling it got too much um so yeah i went i went reached out went to motivate and i went to go see a gambling counselor um and i did that for about three or four months quite regularly and we had some really really positive discussions around my addiction and just addiction in general um which kind of leads us where we are today um the reason for starting this podcast is I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. I don't want anyone who thinks someone's got a problem to go through what I put my friends and family through. I don't want anyone to have to experience that because it really isn't nice. And I can't sit here. I can't. I My problem was I couldn't sit here after hitting 12 months gamble free and take it if that makes sense. I needed to be proactive. I needed to do something which made that 12 months worthwhile. And that's why I started the R talk or the ARL talk. It was initially just a little thought in my mind, like wouldn't it be nice to start a podcast off? And it started with a conversation on Twitter, actually with um, with two friends who we got into gambling addiction on a, in a public space on Twitter which I thought was really brave of them. I've been quite open about my gambling, but I thought that was really brave of them to, to speak so openly on such a public platform. Um, and that gave me the idea to come ahead and, and begin this podcast, begin this podcast series. Um, and I'd like to thank them, but they know who they are. I'd like to thank them for sharing their stories, although not to the full, full extent. Um, but for sharing it on a public forum and, and giving the inspiration behind this podcast. There's so much that we are going to go into. And I'm really excited, although yet so, so... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, to be honest. So, so... I'm just anxious, really. Just just anxious to get this out there. Um, we launched what maybe start of september on um on my one year kind of gambling and one year gamble free anniversary whatever you want to call it um a sobriety a sobriety anniversary and in that time it's like i said it's been a little while um but i let i let me let my anxiety get get and get on top of me and that's and now i'm now i'm recording this and speaking to the microphone knowing that someone's going to listen to this even if it's one person, it lifts all that anxiety. It lifts it. Um, so that's my story. We will go further, further into addiction and, and and my and my story more as we go through the episodes of the season as the season kind of wears on. Um, we've got plenty of episodes lined up. I'm looking forward to getting them out there with some really really interesting people. I'm hoping to have some really relevant discussions that hopefully you can take, even if it's just one thing out of, it's better than nothing in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
listening to my story. I haven't provided you with every single minute detail as to my gambling addiction. There's plenty more to come and that'll be touched upon in further episodes as we go down the line and have proper discussions with people. If at any point you are concerned for yourself or you're concerned for a family member, a colleague, a friend, I ask you to get in touch with Motivate if you're based on the Isle of Man. That's M-O-T-I-V and then the number eight. You can find them on Facebook and you can also just Google and get their information. They are a great Manx-based charity who are there to help us, the Manx people. If you don't want to go somewhere so close to home, there's also mind.org, which I ask you to go on the website and just read a few bits, see if there's anything that you can, you can find on there. Or alternatively, if you need a conversation and you can't find that person in your friends, in your, in your friendship group, in your family members, or in your workplace, or even anywhere else, then there's Samaritans. They're a 24-hour service, and you can ring someone at any time if someone was there to pick up the phone and speak to you. That's 116-123. So that's 116-123. That's their phone number. And I'd like to say a big thank you to Manavia. That's M-A-N-A-V-I-A. Manavia are a Manx band that are just starting out, and they provided the music throughout this podcast. They are going to provide the music for every episode. And you can find them on Instagram at M-A-N-A-V-I-A underscore band. So that's Manavia underscore band. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more and you want to hear more episodes, you can subscribe. If you subscribe, you'll be provided notifications whenever a new episode is being released. If you were to do that, that would be great. And so, that brings us to the final sentence of the first episode of the ARL talk. Thank you for listening, and I hope you listen again.